You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner. Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pictures at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And now, get busy listening and get busy winning. Here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. Great to have your company as we look back on some sterling performances from the weekend and great to have the company of the champion jockey Oshin Murphy. Welcome back to the show, brother. Good evening, Emmett. Good evening, guys. Uh, hope you're well, my friend. Uh, thank you for doing us a massive favor and talking up Chaldean on the show a few weeks back uh, when he won on St. Ledger Day in the Champagne Stakes. I should have listened strongly, more strongly to you, though, because I did have eyes for Aesop's Fables, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Andrew Balding's first season training for Judmont, and he gives them their first Dewhurst victory 12 years after Chaldean sire Frankel landed the prize. Uh, you you ride this horse in work a lot, and uh, you just spoken to Frankie Dettori. Uh, this was the Monday after St. Ledger Day, and this was really interesting because the conversation from Andrew Balding was looking at possibly Parry Longchamp, which would have been a disaster because the ground had gone so bad, uh, for the Prix-Jean-Luc Lagadere. Uh, and the other race he was thinking of was the Vertum Futurity. But Frankie was adamant, no, Dewhurst, and it paid off perfectly. Yeah, I'm so, so thrilled. Um, firstly, to have an owner like Judd Mont in the stable with all the history and, and the might and power that they have uh, is just extraordinary. Um, when I teamed up with Andrew Boulding 10 years ago in October 2012, uh, we didn't really have any Arab owners and, um, or, or any owners of the might and power, really, of Judmont. And, um, and yeah, to come across a horse of this guy's talent is fantastic for the stable. And he's a real dude. I mean, he's very, very straightforward. He's incredibly quiet in the stable, very quiet to ride, uh, and he tries incredibly hard. I mean, in his work in the morning, um, he just works to the level of horse he's being asked to work with. Uh, obviously, we don't press many buttons, but um, he's not super flashy. And uh, to see him go out in front, um, I thought it was a fantastic ride from Frankie. He obviously controlled the race, but he kicked into the dip and um, and Chaldean really toughed it out. It was a tremendous performance. Uh, Andrew won this race back in 2020 with a horse you obviously are very well versed in, that's Cameco. How does he compare with him? Uh, they're two very different horses. Um, Kamiko uh, was slightly bigger and stronger and a little bit uh, even more lazy um, as a two-year-old, you know. Um, but I think one thing about Kingsclear, uh, these best horses, uh, obviously with the Colts, many of them are a little bit lazy. And, um, you know, I had no idea uh, Chaldean would be 
as good as he was. Um, you know, Andrew speaks about the two of them like he knew from a very early stage. But as a jockey who's ridden a lot of good horses or been fortunate to fortunate enough to ride many good horses, um, neither of these two, uh, you know, really exploded at home at two. Now that could change at three. It definitely did for Camerco when he started. Um, you know, whatever we worked him with, he galloped him into the ground, um, which probably means that Charlene is still waking up, you know? Yeah, five starts. He's improved on each and every one, landing the Acom at York, the Champagne at Newmarket, and, and now this one uh, as well in the Dewhurst. Um, I, I love him. I love the, the big stride that he has. Uh, I, I love how calm he is before a race as well. He just seems to be a horse with a lovely attitude and a proper professional who is all class. Yeah, he was incredibly well bought. He was obviously expensive as a foal, but again, he was purchased by Judmont as a foal for 550,000 guineas. Um, and yeah, uh, what a clever purchase he was. Look, he's he's worked a multiple of that now. And, um, and let's see if I can get on him next year. Obviously, <laughs> Frankie's won on him the last twice and he might be free in the guineas. Um, in the Kipco 2000 guineas and hopefully all goes well and uh, we can face that problem in the spring. We'll, um, we'll do something like uh, Rab Havlin celebrating the fact that, that Frankie was banned so that he was able to win his group one, which <laughs> we'll talk about in a second. It was all in jest, obviously, but we'll, we'll do a, a Tanya Harding on Frankie if we have to. Uh, when, <laughs> when are you back, by the way? February 16th. So I've just been in touch with the BHA uh, with the procedures I have to um, I have to complete before I can uh, get my license back out, and um, I obviously have plenty time to to do all of that. And yeah, I, look, um, I tried to put being a jockey out of my mind uh, for the majority of this year, um, but it's got to a stage now where I'm beginning to get very excited and and look forward to returning. I obviously kept riding work. I kept watching racing every day, um, but I didn't want to feel like I was missing out, you know? And of course, you've done the show jumping as well, which has given you the competitive competitive edge, but it's meant that you've been able to keep fit all this time too, because that's something you've talked about in the past on, on this show and, and elsewhere, about the the struggle it is to keep the weight down and, and keep fit. And that was a great way that you figured out to, to keep that going, to keep the competitive angle of, of things going with the show jumping, but by riding out and work you're able to to keep your hand in at everything. And it's terrific that you're still there each and every day with Andrew Balding too. Yeah, no, it's it's great that, uh, you know, most of the trainers I, or all the trainers I asked to ride out for this year um, have accommodated me. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. And obviously I can approach it from a different angle. I'm not going to be riding these horses at the races, but I still take as much care in getting them ready. And I get a huge amount of enjoyment out of, when they win, you know, because um, if it's good for the yard, it will be good for me in the future. You know, that's the bottom line. Yeah, of course. Are there many hoops for you to jump through with the BHA to come back? Yeah, there are plenty. Um, There's obviously a medical concussion test, uh, race riding fitness test. Um, I have to get on the simulator and and push it and and just show that some some jockey coaches uh, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in decent shape and um, then licensing will have a, uh, their own kind of requirements as well, and it, um, uh, which I probably can't talk about in too much detail at the moment, but um, it's all stuff that I'm very happy to do, you know. Well, we're looking forward to getting you back and uh, hopefully riding Chaldean 
in the 2000 guineas. That's that's absolutely <laughs> going to be his target as well, because you and I spoke about him after Doncaster, um, which, of course, uh, Doncaster was always campaign when was. What am I talking about, Newmarket? Uh, I, can, I can see the tweets already. Uh, so we were discussing his prospects for next year, and I felt obliged to ask you about the Derby, given the fact that he's uh, a Judd Montorse, but like Frankel, uh, just that wasn't going to happen, but certainly not with him, because his siblings, the furthest they won, I think was a Gordon Elliott trained horse who won over seven furlongs. Uh, a mile shouldn't I, be any issue to him uh, from from you. And I think we even talked about 10 furlongs with him, but ideally the trip for, yeah. for next year, he is a classic contender and he's a guinea source. Yeah, I don't see him uh, staying uh, very far. And, um, I mean, he might surprise you, uh, but uh, at this stage he shows plenty of pace. You know, he... He jumped slowly in the Dewhurst and he managed to get to the front in second gear and he had everyone at it at the two. And uh, he's he's uh, quite a fast horse, you know. Well, Scotsman's been tremendous for Paul and Oliver Cole. He's won a blinder uh, at Royal Ascot. He's won at Glorious Goodwood. It didn't happen at York, sometimes just, just the way York goes. Uh, but this was a, a tremendous yeah. effort for, for Jim Crowley and, and the Cole team. Yeah, brilliant. I'm, I'm a big fan of that horse. I saw him work before uh, he ever ran. And um, uh, I don't know if we spoke about him, but um, he's a very, very nice individual. And um, and I thought Jim gave him a very sensible ride. He got him to relax. Uh, but Frankie on the front end might have had an easy sectional mid-race. And um, I thought Royal Scotsman is a, is a horse to really look forward to, to next year. And Particularly, this stable doesn't have large numbers, uh, but they do come across a good horse, and this is very much one of them. Yeah, they know how to buy, uh, and they know how to produce good horses as well. I couldn't understand in the preview why Nostrum was favourite. I I would have made Chaldean yeah. favourite, actually, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. I've, I'm on record saying that on the final furlong and on, on TalkSport too. Um, this is only his third run. What did you make of his performance? Um, I don't know what to make of it. I was incredibly impressed by him in the start before. I love him as a type. Um, often these horses bomb out of in, the, in a group one and you try and forgive them. But genuinely, I'm at, like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of too many horses that have bombed out and then they bounce back. So I'm just slightly worried about Nostrum. You know, bounce back at the highest level. Yeah. Um, I'm slightly worried about Nostrum, but he has a brilliant trainer. He is a gorgeous type. He's He's got a lot of size and, um, you know, there's no doubt... Uh, to look at, he should improve from two to three. So let's not write Nostrum off, and um, and he could be one for the notebooks. You know, he is lightly raced. Um, if he takes in a trial in in April or May, uh, this could be a horse we're really getting excited about. You know. Yeah, I can see uh, some people on on Twitter um, just because Twitter is a nice place at times, and also filled with so much rage and anger. Can be an angry place. It yes, can be can just be. a little bit angry. Yeah. yeah, I think some some people just need a hug. But I, I can already see, uh, well, actually, what about Expert High, who bombed out in this race and then went on to win Group 1 for, for Sir Michael? Uh, what are you talking about? Uh. In the same colours. In the same colours, yeah. Colors. So, but it's rare, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, when a horse gets, gets torn apart, it's, it's a little bit rare for them to come and bounce back. But it's not impossible. <laughs> From my own experience, Emmett, like uh, South Seas was a horse I taught the world of, and uh, he had a very good profile going into the Dewhurst, and he ran his heart out that day on quick ground, um, and I don't think he won a race afterwards, or he might have won a race off a really low mark, um, you know, later on, or maybe even over hurdles, but he wasn't uh, 
he wasn't the same individual, you know. The fact that you said over hurdles, that just says it all, basically, yeah. about where that horse went afterwards. Um, right, the, the runs of Aesop's Fables, oh no, and Naval Power were just booty cheeks, quite frankly. Um, where did it go wrong here with these two horses? I don't know. I don't know. I thought they both settled nicely in the run. Um, they When Frankie kicked, they just didn't have an answer. And look, uh, they're clearly better than that. But, you know, maybe we're underplaying the winner and the second. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Naval Power bled from the nose, uh, I think, uh, at Ascot oh, over seven furlongs. In jo- well, I think that was, was that in, in Ascot over seven furlongs? Was it, did he bleed okay. after that? Or or was it okay. this race? May, I'm I'm not entirely certain. I'll I'll try and get Tuala to clear that up for me. But um, yeah, he, yeah, he was desperately disappointing there. Uh, and and Aesop's fables that you know that's I was forgiving, very forgiving of the of the Vincent O'Brien national stakes. But maybe he's more of a sprinter. But that that was ugh. my reverse forecast. In one way, I'm like yay, and another way, I'm like bugger. <laughs> Actually, Oshin, seeing as you don't have your license back yet, would you like to buy yep. a? Um, an anti-post docket on Aesop's Fables for the 2000 Guineas and 14s. Um, no. <laughs> can I, can no. I ship that to you? No, 10s? I will do a good deal. No, damn it. Um, he, <laughs> so there was no secure. Unfortunately, we, we missed him. Uh, and obviously, Little Big yeah. Bear is is done for the season. Noble style as well. Um, so there, yeah. there are three horses that would have been really interesting. You cannot take uh, anything and away. Secure. And look, uh, Little Big Bear, we've spoken about, you know, a lot in the past. We obviously both think the world of him. Mm-hmm. Sakir is a big, beautiful horse. You should improve from two to three on, on type as well. And Noble Style, for all he can drift and, and carry his head a little bit high. You know, I remember marking him up when I saw him win first time out at Ascot. That form worked out. And I think you can't pick any holes in those three animals. So um, roll on next spring. Let's go. Um, hopefully, the final Furlong Podcast posse we're, we're following was in. I know that Mark was very big on, just like myself, was very big on uh, Aesop's Fables. Oh, dearie me. But um, Rixie and myself uh, were talking, I had a flip-flop on the Friday and we were talking up um, Chaldine. So, yeah, let's let's just see how it, how it pans out in the in the 2000 guineas uh, I'm trying to get the prices where have the prices gone to, to me oh sorry thank you uh, Tawala is bailing me out here again due to my sheer and utter incompetence thank you Tawala uh, Kaluki's betting is 4-1 to one. Little Big Bear Chaldine is now the second favourite at 6-1 to one. Uh, August Roden he won't go 10s uh, Noble Style 10s and, and Sakir 10s second favourite makes sense that was such an extraordinary performance from Little Big Bear in the back of my mind there is a, a slight worry about the record of horses who never raced over seven furlongs as a juvenile. And obviously he couldn't because he was ruled out for the season in the 2000 sure. Guineas. I think you have to have proven yourself over seven. The stats boys basically won't have a machine. Um, but you and I are right. big fans of him. But Chaldine, uh, I, I still think Little Big Bear could win it, but Chaldine deserves to be second favourite. And the six to one, uh, you can get eights other, uh, elsewhere. But that's that seems sensible to me, given the form he's shown and just what a powerful horse he is. Absolutely. All right, we've got a, a favourite for the 1,000 guineas in commissioning who got the job done the day earlier. A first group one for Rab Havlin. Uh, Frankie Dettori was quoted as saying he was delighted for his friend and um, he said that uh, Rab has produced all the best horses that he's ridden in his life. Does that include the Godolphin ones or is Frankie just forgetting about those? Um, <laughs> uh, he said he was amazing. The response from 
uh, from Rab was, Frankie never leaves a stone unturned in a group one, but he doesn't get banned nearly enough. So more, <laughs> more opportunities for Rab when Frankie's banned. Uh, he's had a terrific career, and it's amazing to think this is his first group one. Uh, it looked like it was going to be unlikely at one stage, but she's got there in the end and, and kept on really well. What did you make of Commissioning's third win and her group one Phillies mile win? Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I'm thrilled for her owner, Sheikh Issa um, and Sheikh Abdullah. Um, they, you know, they bought their dam uh, in 2014 um, with Jake Warren. And uh, this is one of her, obviously, first progeny. I'm not sure, but um, this is obviously her leading progeny. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting if they take the hood off, uh, Emmett. I felt like, you know, she is a filly with tactical speed. Um, she might have been a fraction lazy when Rab first went for her. As we can see with the hood a lot, um, it switches horses off. But when you go to wake them up again, uh, they can take a little bit of shaking up. And look, um, it'd be interesting to see what they do over the winter, uh, whether she takes in a trial or not and whether that hood stays on. But um, I think she's very good. She was well on top of the line. And uh, yeah, it was a great result for a lot of good people. Tahira remains the three to one favorite for the one thousand guineas. Commissioning is four to one second favorite. Um, she is favorite with some firms though, so this is where this confusion kicks in. Um, I, I like her an awful lot. This was a record equaling sixth win in the race for John Gosden. Tady obviously involved as well. Um, and, and yeah, for all that it did look like it was going to be a stretch for her, she's done it very well ultimately. And to win a Rockfell and a Phillies Mile is no mean feat. No, no, no. And she obviously has plenty of experience at the track. And uh, look, I don't want to split the Phillies and say one's better than the other. You know, Tahira has been exceptional. I thought her last start win was unbelievable. Um, but how the two Phillies were trained on over the winter and, you know, what stage they'll be in their coats and in their well-being um, in the first weekend in May, uh, on the first weekend of May, will, will tell us, you know. I also wonder... Just with the Dermot Weld angle, would he favour going for the Irish 1,000 guineas? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but there is only one um, mm. Kipco 1,000 guineas at Newmarket, and uh, it'd be lovely to see them line up against each other, you know. Some great horses have won the Irish equivalent, um, but I think you get more recognition for, for winning the English version. 100%. Nice mention of the sponsor's name as well. I see what you're doing there, Oshie. Nicely done, my man. Nicely <laughs> done. All right, 10 furlongs. The Godolphin flank start Zetland Stakes went to Flying Honours. He officially had six pounds in hand at least over his rivals. A slowly run Royal Lodge was his undoing. Right back to form here, though, for Godolphin, who had a, a disappointment, obviously, in the Jewhurst. But they got things off to a, a flying start, beginning with Flying Honours. Very good horse. Uh, he's a beauty. And uh, I think he's... Yeah, very, you know, he'd be really high on my list um, of Derby contenders. Oh, wow. So we've had this joke on the show. By the way, get well soon to Rory DeLarge, Um And hopefully the test that comes through is going to be all clear. Um, Rory's been, I really admire how open he's been with things on, on social yeah, media. Yeah, I've seen so, his, his oh. tweets as well. Can I send my best to him also? Yeah. Um, and I'll keep him in my prayers. Uh you know, I actually know quite a few people who are suffering um, from similar illness at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's it's um, a really bad situation, but I admire them 
for finding the strength to be open about it. Well said. Well said, my man. And uh, you're a class actor, Sheen. Um, uh, my mother has to have surgery soon, but thank God she got the all clear for that awful disaster uh, yesterday, which is just a giant, gigantic relief to both of us. Um, oh, and, and please God, everything goes goes well with the other, but it's it's the worst. It's just the worst. And please yeah. God, that's not going to be what happens to, to Rory and gets the all clear, but to have that hanging over you, oh, dear God. Um, yeah. So, But Rory and I used to joke about this race, and I would say... Oh, the Zetland, this is where this is where we're gonna see the Aiden O'Brien Derby contender and it would go horribly wrong. Um although Kiprios was beaten in this race for Aiden O'Brien and obviously he turned into a, a giant stare, but I wasn't expecting you to say this is a Derby contender, uh on, on the basis of, of this. Why are you so taken with him? Uh I just love his attitude. Um I think he'll definitely stay further. Uh I think he has it all, to be honest. And I think uh he, again, he fits into the category of whatever he did this year. He'll be a much better horse next year. And, you know, with Charlie Appleby, uh, with probably next year in mind, I wouldn't imagine has has really turned the screws and put the gun to his head, you know? Um, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that. Now, he's 16 to 1, and Charlie Appleby did confirm afterwards that the Derby trials will be in contention for him. So that's a, I'm very, very in, intrigued by that. Third favourite currently for the Derby. Uh, with most bookmakers, including Kaluki. The Emirates Autumn Stakes Group 3 was another for Godolphin, uh, and another horse who had disappointed on his previous start. He'd been behind Chaldean, so this was a terrific boost for his form. Chaldean, of course, was super well-backed before the off into 5-2, to two, uh, and this fella was a little bit uneasy in the market. Holloway Boy was sent off 2-1 to one favored. Epictetus, 9-4, to four, uh, the philosopher, and uh, Silver Knot is a, a f- was a 4-1 to one shot. I liked this performance. What did you make of it? Yeah, I love the horse. I, I I think um I hope I'm not wrong in it and I've never ridden him, so I shouldn't make these statements like that. But um I don't think he's uh the best uh Godolphin have and Charlie Appleby has. Um I think he's a very nice horse, very likable and who knows how he'll develop over the winter, but um but I I, I think they might have better than him. Yeah, I would agree with that. For all that Charlie Appleby can be a creature of habit and has won this race with Rayath one ruler and Caribus. So he's clearly running good horses in it. But if we were talking about where he's going to go next, will it be the Virgin Futurity? I would say it's more likely to be the Breeders' Cup Cup Juvenile Turf. Yeah, it could be. The horse has pace. And, uh, you know, he said he has a, a decent team uh, to go there, I don't know if he's listed them yet, but and that would make a lot of sense. They've, you know, Modern Games uh, was very good in America. They, they've had luck over there, and um, I'm sure they'd like to tag the horse with the race. You know, yeah, he's not a very flashy horse, but he's good, and he just he has the speed that tells me he would be ideally suited to America. I think Keeneland would be terrific for him. Yep. So let's let's see what they do. Um, run for Oscar lands. An almighty gamble. Charles Burns with a gamble in a big <laughs> handicap. No. Uh, <laughs> this was this was push-button stuff for David Egan. It was real easy. Um, you shouldn't be able to win a handicap that easily unless you're trained by a certain Charles Burns. Uh, this was tremendous. Yeah, with a national hunt pedigree as well. Uh, he won a bumper. Um, he won one handicap on the way in, did he? 
Um, That's right. He was beat well, well down the field. I did look at his form um, afterwards. He was well down the field uh, on a, on occasion as well. And I just special mention firstly to the trainer. Uh, you know, he knows what animals he has. He doesn't get real expensive uh, national hunt or flat horses normally, and um, and uh, he's very very shrewd. Um, but the jockey is riding. Uh, no one's riding better, really. Um, you know, if you think in the last uh, two months, obviously he's riding with a lot of confidence since he won the St. Lodger, but um, on Elder Alderav, but uh, I, I think he's taken his riding to another level. And um, yeah, I'm, you know, it's not easy for young guys to firstly get opportunities and then when you get them, take them and then hold on to them, you know, um, without being replaced. And, uh, he's done a he, he's done a very good job, and he's on the ball. He's bright, and um, he's riding intelligent races. And obviously, confidence helps. But um, he he's uh, you know I think he he's taken his riding to a very very high level. And he was replaced because he was he was Mishra's pilot. And I think very unfairly was chalked off him. I still don't really understand what it is he's supposed to have done wrong. And it would have cost him the St. Ledger because for all that that race was was rerouted because of the Queen's passing, he would have been declared yeah. on him. Uh, he would have been declared on yes. uh, Mishriff in the Irish Champion Stakes and therefore you can't switch your jockey then once they're declared even if the race is redone. So he wouldn't have been on board Elder Alderov. So it actually worked out very beneficially in the end. Yeah, I mean, circumstance is amazing. I mean, I'm sure if William was available, he probably would have ridden uh, Chaldine in the Dewhurst, you know? Um, yeah. And hopefully, if I was available, I'd have ridden Chaldean all season. So, um, circumstance, you know, can go your way sometimes. And uh, you know, David was probably was quite down, as you can imagine, losing uh, the ride on one of the highest rated horses in the world. Um, but uh, you know, he picked himself up, and he he um, he's made the most of every opportunity since. Yeah, it's been a terrific recovery for him and, and I'm, I'm delighted for him that it's worked out in the way that it has. Um, anything in behind? Uh, Vino Victris ran a, a terrific race. Um, he, yeah. He'd won a, yeah, a Goodwood Huey. prior to that. He won it on the all-weather and, and Goodwood prior to that. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I've won on him before. Um, look, I, I thought it was good placing by Huey, you know. Um, he obviously had that race in mind. Well, no doubt he had that race in mind all season. Um, and it's just unfortunate he's bumped into one uh, very well handicapped. Uh, do I think Vino Victors can make a jump up to, you know, stakes company in those cup races next year? Uh, I think it's difficult. But at the same time, um, sometimes opportunities open up, you know. Uh, Trushan is, is getting a little bit older. I fancy him to win the Kipco Long Distance Cup. Um, but... You know, it might be an open affair next year. Let's just see. And the field size, just briefly on this, because last year we had 32 runners, 34 runners the year yeah. before that. It was all the way down to 22. What was your reaction yeah. to that? Um, uh, better for the jockeys, and there was still carnage. Um, you know, if you don't focus on the leaders uh, and you just look midfield and further back uh, for the first mile of the race before they turn into the straight, uh, it was very rough. So you can imagine what it's like with 10 more runners. Mm. Um, I uh, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think the race is very prestigious. Uh, I don't want to pinpoint any particular reasons because I don't know, Emmett, why the field wasn't full. Um, but I hope that they'll get 
uh, maximum fields again in the future. You know, it was a race I always wanted to win. Unfortunately, I managed to win it last year. Um, it's only a handicap, but it's quite an important one. Yeah, and of course you happen to beat a certain Mr. <coughs> Mr. Buick as well that day, just to add to You've things. got good memory, Emma. I've yeah. got a decent enough memory, my man. Uh, speaking of, of William Buick, 150 winners for the season, uh, taking advantage yeah, of, of uh, your plus, plus a few more. Uh, I mean, actually, he he's up to, I think, 153 or 154 uh, now. Um, so my best season, I think, I had 158. Um so, uh, yeah, maybe he'll better that um, before Saturday. Someone do a Tanya Harding on. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, but 150 <laughs> wins uh, achieved on Pogo, who I love this horse. I absolutely, he's one of my favorite horses in training. Um, and, and this was a tremendous performance and a great ride from him as well because there wasn't yeah. really, on paper, there wasn't an awful lot of contention for the lead. And yet it ended up that there was a, a little bit and still... Buick managed to just retain enough uh, to be able to make all, increase the tempo two furlongs out, uh, and hold on from Tom Marquand and, and Sacred. Uh, I love this fella, Oshin. Yeah, um, Sacred obviously was unlucky. The sections tell you that, but she has to be ridden that way. Pogo has the most amazing attitude. Perfect ride by William. He's obviously normally Kieran Schumacher's ride. I've won on him in the past as well. Uh, he's just a faultless animal. He, he tries his heart out. Uh, he's a credit to Charlie Hills and the owners. There's not many better at seven furlongs than him. Uh, it's no, 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 no. Particularly when uh, when he can relax a little bit and get a breather in, and he's on song. You know, he um, he ran a little bit disappointed. I think when he went to Bahrain or Dubai last year, he had a little trip to the Middle East. But when it goes his way, he's very good. Yeah, I, I wonder will they go back out because it it didn't really happen for him at all. He was well beaten in, in Saudi. Well, he wasn't. He was beaten four and a half lengths in Saudi, but he was battered at, at Maidan. I'm sure the offer will be made to them again. I wonder, do they roll the dice, or, or is this going to be the end of it? Is this the end? Because he's still a full horse. He will have a career at stud. But um, yeah, I think if he's mine, I'd like to keep rolling the dice and go some more because he's just he loves the game and he's a really lovable horse. Um, and also for for Kieran, you know, who's who will get back on him. Um, it's really nice. I know from myself, it's very nice to have horses to bring you out to those big races and, and give you a chance to compete. Irish Jockeys Championship is coming down to a real thriller. Billy Lee leads by one from Colin Keane uh, and the rest nowhere. It's 81 to 80. This is a, a really thrilling battle in Ireland for the Jockeys Championship, Oisin. Yeah, I'm thrilled for, for Billy. I lived with him when I uh, worked for Tommy Stack and when I was at Aidan O'Brien's. Um, and uh, and Billy was a true gentleman, a very hard worker. He has to work hard at his weight. Um, you know, his his uh, partnership with Paddy Toomey is phenomenal. Uh, he's done very well for Willie McCreary. And obviously, he's had a lot of outside support and good on him. Uh, Colin Keane is a terrific rider, um, three-time champion jockey, am I correct? Yep. Um, trying to make it four. And... Uh, you know, I, I don't have sides. Um, I honestly don't mind which one of them wins. Um, I just hope they keep riding brilliantly and, and give people, you know, something to focus on and, and keep the excitement going. It's, it's really, I'm sh- I don't know, they might they might be more chilled out about these things than I am, but um, 
you know, uh, you know, for racing, it is very good. Uh, when I put it in my own position, it means uh, everything. Um, so I don't enjoy it. Um, but uh, it, it does, it is important for racing to have these battles. Will you go for it again? Or is, is your time with that over now? I don't really know. Like, uh, there's no doubt that if I went, if I approached next season with the mindset of uh, just tipping away, um, that I would be unhappy and uh, I wouldn't be achieving. Uh, and yeah, that's the bottom line. So I'm going to have to ride as many winners as I can. Um, am I going to receive enough support? Uh, only time will tell. But I'll work as hard as I can in the mornings, and hopefully that will um, that will. Uh, show on the race course in the afternoons and evenings. I admire that. And I, I like that answer as well. A um, couple of things to talk to you about just before we wrap up. I uh, love your take on the Christoph Sumion situation. Since we recorded, he's been sacked by the Aga Khan. Um, what, what was your reaction to what happened in the first instance and the subsequent fallout? Um, look, uh, I think, um, you know, Christoph uh, is an incredible rider. I am very friendly with him um he he might have lost his temper uh, instantly and um and made that maneuver with his elbow um but he most certainly didn't mean to knock ross orion off his horse uh, i admire the fact he put his hands up and had the courage to speak um live on uh, sky sports racing immediately after the event knowing full well that uh he was going to get slammed in the press uh, no matter what he said. Um, and, uh, you know, 60 days, some people don't feel it's enough, uh, but it has um, it has stopped him from going to Japan where he would be riding the leading fancies in probably three of the group ones. Um, it's opened the door for Damien Lane to go there. Uh, I think Christoph will, will, uh, is embarrassed about it. Um, he is very sorry for his actions. And um, I would just let it let it sit like that. Thank goodness Ross Orion is, fr- is fine. Um, and, you know, with the Aga Khan situation, obviously his retainer has stopped, has ceased. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he kept the ride on Videni and, um, and if he still rode uh, in the Aga Khan colours. You know, Jean-Claude Rouget is one of Christophe's biggest fans. Um, it is rumoured that uh, Pierre-Charles Boudot is about to return to the saddle. And if he is, um, I wish him the very best of luck. Uh, he's, if, if these rumors are correct um, and they're, they're, uh, they're quite uh, prominent at the moment, um, it means that his charges have been dropped. Um, and uh, I'd like everyone to spare a thought for a guy that's literally been in exile um, since those claims uh, came to light that um, he sexually assaulted a lady. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, whatever way um, Christoph Sumion feels or I might feel uh, Christoph were getting 60 days or me getting, you know, 14 months and, and by the time I return, it will be more. Um, uh, Pierre Charles Boudot, you know, has his name has been uh, through the dirt, and um, he has been uh, labelled a uh, criminal. Um, and uh, yeah, God knows how he felt uh, over the last however long. Is it two years he's been out? It, yeah, I think so. Um, I think so, Emmett. And like, uh, uh, there is. 
there is no uh, way to apologize or, you know, I'm even thinking whatever about loss of earnings, I don't think that's, imp- I'm just trying to put my own perspective on it. I wouldn't think that's very important to him. It's more the fact his reputation, what it, what his family have gone through and obviously missing that time. He's in the peak of his career uh, in the saddle and, and the opportunity to ride in the biggest races around the world. Yeah, I know that it's incredibly difficult to prove um, a, a rape charge, but if he is innocent, yeah, like that's yeah. someone's life ruined because it's yeah. it's the most yeah. heinous crime. It's that there is it's unforgivable. There's no excuse for it. There's it nothing is. you can say that's oh, it's he's a nice guy. No, none of that. Like, it's it's terrible. But if the guy's innocent, then the world has turned his back yeah. on him. And look, I don't know what the story is there. I have no idea. No. And, the, and we haven't had an official statement from Franz Gallo, you know. So until then, um, uh, I only have to go with what I've, what I've been told. And, um, and yeah, uh, I, I, hope, um, I hope that if he is innocent, he can come back um, and get the opportunities he deserves. Mixed forecast for the week as Champions Day approaches. It's hard to believe the Champions Day is nearly on us. Uh, where is this year going? Time is absolutely flying by. But we're going to see Baid for the last time. His uh, his eleventh run will be his his final run. Um, he's currently fours on for the race. Adar looks to be his big danger in terms of the market anyway. Uh, at seven to two, with the forecast uncertain, how do you think this is is going to pan out? Because no, I I I think it'll be good to soft ground. It won't be too slow. Emmett. Uh, I've been in. Berkshire uh, and London all week, um, which is you know within 25 miles of, of the track either way, and um, and the sun has been out and it's been hitting 18 degrees, um, and we haven't had a drop of rain. If anything, it's drying. Uh, so I I think the ground is you know is will not be an excuse for for many horses lining up. Uh, I think Adair is a tremendous horse. I think he deserves respect. I think if Bayid is at his best, he will win. Um, it's fantastic that those two horses are lining up in the race. Uh, I'm looking forward to Inspiral in the QE2. Uh, I think she is uh, very special, um, and I hope she can show what she did at Royal Ascot once more. Um, in the Long Distance Cup, I think Trushan will win. Uh, I think if Creator Force is back to his best in the sprint, I think he will win. I think Rohan is in each way bet in the sprint. I don't know what price he is now. You can tell me. Um, and I haven't looked at the Balmoral. In the Phillies race, I'm delighted to see there's a big field. I think there's 17 runners. Um, I couldn't really pick one out. Uh, in reality, I, I, there's probably three or four I'd want to ride. Um, but I'd be very sure about the ones I've named. Rohan is fours. As we as we record, well, he's not in each way bet then. Is his if Creative Force wasn't to be at his best, I think Rohan could win. Um, but if Creative Force is at his best, I think uh, Rohan won't be good enough. I, I've wanted Tenebrism to drop back to this trip, basically since um, or to stay to this trip since she she was running at seven furlongs sure. in, in Deauville. They're finally going to un- unleash her back over six furlongs. How do you think she'll cope with it? I, I think she's a very, very good filly. I just worry she's had a busy campaign, but Aidan O'Brien wouldn't run her unless he was happy with her. It's a big part. And, um, and uh, you know, just a, a mention to uh, Mr. Van Opel, uh, he is obviously part of 
the Coolmore ownership um, guys now, and uh, it's great that he's had you know successful horses. And uh, I've never met him, um, but uh, you know I'm pleased he's been able to dine at the top table. Yeah, it's been a huge time for him. Um, Bayid's victory would be hugely important in the context of the trainers championship, by the way, because it's yeah, yeah. I think it basically think wins it for him. To mention it basically wins it yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it doesn't end until the thirty first of December. But there, are, you know, other than the Virgin Free Charity, there isn't any uh, real big money races um, on offer later on. Uh, and fair play to William Haggis; he operates at a very high strike rate. Um, he's, you know, a really shrewd trainer, and um, and he's his uh, program with this horse has been fantastic. He's- 70 grand off at Appleby. So if he gets this, it's it's basically game over. 770,000 for the winner. Uh, we'll, we'll see We'll see how that pans out. Oshin, it's been a pleasure. As always, my friend, uh, really appreciate your insight and um, looking forward to dissecting Champions Day with Mark on Thursday as well. But uh, we also have an interview with the GOAT, Sir Mark Prescott, coming up. Get the cigars ready, Fantastic. folks. Sir Mark Prescott on the final furlong. That's coming up. Uh, but Oshin, really appreciate your company. Uh, it's terrific to look back on Champions Day with you and looking forward to back on Champions Day with you. What am I talking about? Uh, to look back on future Champions <laughs> Day with you. Oh, oh there we go. Uh, and looking forward to talking to you again on the final furlong soon. Take care, my friend. Thanks very much, Emmett. Oshin Murphy joining us again on the final furlong podcast. And thank you for tuning in to hopefully you enjoyed the show. If you did, five-star rating on whichever podcast app it is you're listening to us on. would be much appreciated. Make sure you've hit the subscribe button and like and share on social media as well. Uh, We've got more great content on the way for you, including those exclusive interviews and some stable tours. That's all coming your way right here on the Final Furlong Podcast from Oshin, myself, Tuala, and the entire team. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe, be well. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pictures at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk.